Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Come on, side, 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 What up, y'all? This is Ed Lover. As usual, it's time for Come On, Son, the podcast. Y'all know how we do this. We do this and we do it right. This is all a part of my series, The Most Important Records in Hip-Hop History. Now, this is only the second installment of of the series. The first installment, the first record I ever did in this series is about uh, Run DMC's, Sucker MC's, and why that was one of the most important records in hip-hop history. So, I'm very happy to be able to bring to you another part of this series on the most important records in hip-hop history. I ran across an article in the Financial Times that said, Is the message by Grandmaster Flash the greatest uh, hip-hop song ever? And today, in this um, podcast, I want to feature the message and why the message, in my opinion, is one of the most important hip-hop records in history. In 2012, Rolling Stone magazine, a very highly acclaimed magazine when it comes to music, Rolling Stone, right? Everybody's heard of Rolling Stone magazine, I assume. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine said that culturally, the message is the most important and the greatest hip-hop record ever made. Now, you can form your own opinion on whether or not you agree with that. That's, that's, that's totally up to you. It has nothing to do with me. But in my series of the greatest hip-hop records and the most important, the most important hip-hop records ever, not the greatest, the most important hip-hop records ever, I'm going to feature the message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um, as we all know, in the early 90s, Rap was swagged out, right, in New York. You know, tassel jackets, all the funk, James Brown, not even James Brown, the Rick James look, the um, P-Funk look, the uh, punk rock look is what a lot of people was doing, including Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um, Older artists didn't like it. They hated hip-hop. They thought it was something that was going to, Lacked melody. I've heard that a lot of times from even musical greats like Wynton Marsalis said it lacked melody. And it was going to be uh, nothing. It was, was going to be a flash in the pan. You know, it was going to last. They they didn't even understand how sampling was done. They didn't understand replaying the breaks of, of some of the records that were made famous by them. They didn't understand rapping over those breaks. You know, they didn't get it. They just, they just did not get it. But the message ensured, without the shadow of a doubt, that rap would last. 
because happy music is what rap was. Let's think about rap music before the message. Let's go. Let's go before the message. Let's go. Um, Sugar Hill Gang. Let's go. Rappers Delight. Hip hop. The hip hip the hip the hip hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang bang boogie. Let's go, Grandmaster Flash on the Wizard Steel. One for the treble, two for the time. Come on, Flash, let's rock that. And you know all that. It was it was happy. Everybody that was making records from Treacherous Three, you know, Heartbeat to whoever was making records before. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I remember every record that was made before before the uh, message. But it was all. Happy music. Flash from them had a lot of happy music going on. And every MC that was coming out, if it was a Phyllis Four, if it was a Cold Crush, it, it was all happy, 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 happy music. Like you, you think back about it, it wasn't really nobody in hip hop saying what was going on in the streets. It just it just really, really did not exist. It didn't exist at all. Here comes along Sugar Hill Records, right? So Sugar Hill Records, Sylvia and Joe Robinson. That was their label. Um, early 1980s, uh, they had the first real rap group to chart, which was the Sugar Hill Gang, like I said. And early on, many artists um, were signed to Sugar Hill Records, such as Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Um which was a great record because it really showed the art of mixing on a record. That was something that we really hadn't ever seen before. If you go back and listen to that record, um, the label was in Inglewood, New Jersey, and it was run by Joe and Sylvia Robinson, who were R&B veterans. They had labels before. Sylvia Robinson had a regional hit with Pillow Talk and a few other records back in the days. I remember that Pillow Talk record because my mother wouldn't let me listen to it too much because she was doing a lot of sexual moaning and groaning on that record, and I was kind of young. But one thing that Sugar Hill did was it had a house band. It had songwriters, and it had producers. This was all in-house, like way before people ever really thought of doing things in that manner. You have to take your hat off to Sugar Hill because Sugar Hill kind of patterned itself after what Motown was doing. Now, if you remember Motown in the 60s, they always had an in-house band, the Funk Brothers, right? They always had songwriters, Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, uh, Ashford and Simpson. Those are all alums of Motown. And they always had in-house production. Already in the house. You didn't have to go through anywhere or anybody else like that. They had songwriters, they had producers, and they had a band in Motown. Well, Sugar Hill patterned themselves after Motown in that aspect of whoever we sign, we'll already have our in-house songwriters and producers and all that. Well, there was a young man by the name of Edward Fletcher. See, I, sh- I should have known this dude's name was Ed because us Eds did something about us that, we just do shit right. Ed Norton, the actor, Ed Lover, Special Ed. This man by the name of Edward Fletcher was also known as Duke Booty. Duke Booty wrote the message on a piano at his mother's house. He wanted to create a song that kind of felt like Zap's more bounce to the ounce, a big dance floor record, and he gave it to Miss Sylvia Robinson. Sylvia Robinson decided that the song would fit Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And when it was released, 
1982, do you remember where you were in 82, 82? I was fresh out of high school, y'all. It changed the trajectory and the direction of rap music. Okay? And Flash and the Furious Five really didn't like the message. They didn't think that it was a party record, and they didn't even think it was a street record because you got to remember the kind of records that Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five were doing before 1982. Melly Mel, however, decided that he wanted to record it as a duet with Duke Booty. An early tape on the, a take on the song, Flash heard it, and then Flash changed his mind, but the labels shut Flash out of the sessions except for a skit on the end of the record when you hear the group get arrested, right? Melly Mel added his own lyrics to Duke Booty's. Now, that's where things get a little convoluted. People think that the rest of Grandmaster Flash and Inferior's Five are the guys that rhymed on the message. People really think that. That's Duke Booty and Melly Mel. That's not Raheem. That's not Kid Creole. That's not Cowboy. Right? That is Duke Booty and Melly Mel. And if, I, if my memory serves me correctly, Mel only has that last verse. The rest of that entire song is Duke Booty. That broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the steps. You know, they just don't care. A lot of that, that my mom doing, stole my mother's TV since she watched the fight. No, I think Melly has that, Mel has that first verse, and I think Duke Booty has the second verse and the third, and I think Mel brings it home. If I'm, I would have to do a little more research on that, but correct me if y'all get in the comments and correct me if I'm mistaken about who has whose verse. I know the child is born is no state of mind, and I believe Broken Glass Everywhere is Melly Mel too, but the rest of them dudes in Grandmaster Flash are not in the Furious Five, are not on that record. One of the biggest records hip-hop has ever seen was co-written by Duke Booty. And he doesn't get enough credit for what he added to hip-hop in the genre of hip-hop. 1982 was a big, 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 big move for Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and for hip-hop. That was a huge turning point for hip-hop. Huge turning point for hip-hop. Super big. You know what it did? It, it was a tale about the ghetto that sketched out what the ghetto looked like in a story. And come on, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Come on. That's one of the biggest earworms. It's one of the most known and repeated lines of all time. I even repeated the line when me and Dre did back up off me. When I said, don't push me because my middle name is Ed. That's straight from the message. Okay? Straight. Top 10 hit. Top 10 hit across the world in the UK. Big record in the United States. Big record in the United States. But let's talk briefly about what the message did as far as a record when it came out and how that affected hip hop in the long haul. Once again, the message came out in 1982. I gave you a little picture of what rap looked like before 1982, right? Dougie Fresh and Slick Rick was out. 
It was nothing real about or reality based. I shouldn't say real because everything is real and everything is relative, but reality based until the message came out. After the message came out, Run DMC came out in 1983 with It's Like That and On the Other Side, Sucker MCs, which is also a big game changer. But Run DMC's song was absolutely influenced by the message because what the message did was to show people that reality and rap music was viable and that people will listen to hip-hop records that say something about the reality of their environment where they're growing up. It had never been done before. Never, ever been done before mcs were talking about how nice they was like after school i take a dip in the pool which is really on the wall i got a color D- tv so i could see the knicks playing basketball that was more bragging and boasting than it was delivering that straight message of broken glass everywhere people pissing on the steps you know they just don't care i can't take the smell i can't take the noise i got no money to move out I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. You had never heard anybody rhyme in that matter again. So here comes Run DMC in 1983. Unemployment at a record high. People coming, people going, people born to die. Don't ask me because I don't know why, and it's like that, and that's the way it is. Reality. Again, divine sounds. What? People do for money. I don't know if y'all ever even know that song. A man came around in the neighborhood. He promised to take you to Hollywood. That's what he said. He met with, messed with your head. And then he ran off with all your bread. Reality based. Without the message, those records don't come out. And many, many more records don't come out. Without the message, there's no monotone ever being rock him. There's no monotone ever. There's no public enemy. One of, one of our favorite groups of all time, and I'm probably going to cover Fight the Power, but without, without, there's none of that. Without the message, there's no public enemy. There's no NWA. There's no fuck the police. There's no PSK. What does it mean? There's none of that. It was all because of the message. One of the most important, you got to think about how many times has the message been sampled. There's no check yourself to you before you wreck yourself. Ice Cube with DOS effects. That record does not exist. There's no Puffy and Mace record using the same beat if it wasn't for the message. There's no rock records that have been redone using the same rhythm as the message. The song is so super, super important because it gave artists the knowledge that they can, in fact, rap and be 100% reality-based. 100%. A whole lot of the music. There's no Notorious B.I.G. There's no Tupac. Remember where Tupac came from. D. 
digital underground at first. Right? Man, I clown around, want to run around with the underground. Remember that on same song? None of this, none of this, that Sasonic stuff exists. None of this MC Light stuff. I knew, you know, I, I fell in love with a with a guy named Sam just like that, just just like that. I crammed to understand you. There's no U N I T Y by Queen Latifah. Who are you calling the bitch? There's no black steel in our chaos. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said it was suckers. There's none of those records exist. No. One of the biggest records that, that came out to was when everybody got together and did the Stop the Violence Movement. They did self-destruction, but self-destruction does not exist without the message. It just, it just, it just doesn't. X-Clan does not exist without the importance of one record, the message. And you can debate me on this. You can say, Ed, well, these pre- people will probably have come through and did this, that, and the third or the other. No, because that's not the path that hip-hop was taking prior to 1982 with the release of the message. And I just think, going back to the point of how that record was presented as a Grandmaster Flash and a Furious Five record, knowing that Melly Mel is the only participant from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five on that record, is Duke Booty and Melly Mel, and it was written by Duke Booty. The music was composed by Duke Booty on a piano in his mother's basement. I think that's very, very important. And I think when we think of important moments in history, we have to think about how important it is that Duke Booty even brought that record to Sylvia Robinson in the first place. There's a lot of people that have a lot of music that we all adore, and we have to understand where a lot of this music comes from. Like, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, a lot of the stuff was funny, but a lot of it was reality-based. and enabled Rick to, to, to make records like Treat Him Like a Prostitute, to really say what he wanted to say. Records like, hey, young world, the world is yours. Don't be a dumb dummy and disrespect your mommy. That's a reality-based record. Nobody... Him and Dougie was talking about six minutes, Dougie, fresh you on. Yo, Rick, what? Put your belly. Yo, Doug, what? Put your bellies on. Yo, Rick, I was about to put a need a shoe on. Why? Because the shoes always hurt my corns. Salt and Pepper later on in their careers were able to do songs like, like Let's Talk About Sex and getting AIDS prevention tests and stuff like that because of the success of the message. If the message would have come out and failed, Everybody would have went back to happy rap. Everybody would have went back to happy rap. And some of the most important and iconic records and artists and groups, there's no six in the morning by Ice-T. Ice-T's six in the morning is what really influenced N.W.A. to do Boys in the Hood. There's no Boys in the Hood always hard. That was reality-based. That was him talking about what was going on and his neighborhood, and his area of Compton, California. You understand the pattern that I'm trying to put right here in front of you? You understand why I'm saying to you right now that that is one of the most important songs? There's no Straight Out the Jungle by the Jungle Brothers. 
There's no if you need a fix by Blackstreet. There's no check yourself, like I said before, by Ice Cube. You know, in cabinet battle number one in Hamilton, they borrowed two lines from the message. Hamilton is one of the most successful Broadway shows in history. And they borrowed two lines from the message. Two lines. That's how important that song is. And in my opinion, the song is one of the greatest and most important hip-hop records in the history of rap music. There are certain records that come out in hip-hop that shape hip-hop, that shape people in hip-hop. Like, Jay-Z's career is embedded in reality rap. Biggie's career was, Nas's career was, Mob Deep's career was, as well as N.W.A., like I said before, as well as a lot of other people, even everybody that's doing it today, what do they say? I'm just keeping it real. 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 But nobody was keeping it real before 1982's The Message. Nobody was saying what they saw in their neighborhoods. Hip-hop wasn't the black CNN in those days. It just, it just wasn't. It wasn't like that. Even me as a young MC coming out of uh, August Martin High School in Queens, I remember hearing Melly Mel say that rhyme, a child is born with no state of mind, on a tape that my cousin had uptown. And my cousin had the tape, and I was like, damn, that rhyme is dope. And he let me make a copy of it. That's how music kind of spread around back before hip-hop came on a record. I think I heard that in like 77, 78. I think I heard A Child Is Born Is No State Of Mind. I heard Melly Mel say that on the tape. And I studied that record, and we used to do this thing in our school where we would go to lunch, and then um, while we're at lunch, a cipher, what became known as a cipher, a cipher would start on a lunch table. It'd be somebody, mm, 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 you know, making a beat on the table, you know, with their hands or whatever, and Guys were crying around, and they would start rhyming. And a lot of times I found myself in those ciphers. And um, that's where I honed my skills of being able to rhyme off the top of my head in some of those ciphers. So I remember I went into one of those ciphers, and I said my my little cool rhymes about being MC Eddie D, which is what I was back in the days. Um, I remember saying my little cool rhymes that I thought I had made up and said, some stuff, and I also remember spitting that child is born with no state of mind rhyme word for word and watching the reaction on everybody's face when they thought that I was the most incredible MC that they had ever heard. By the time the record came out in 1982, I was already out of high school, so there really wasn't anybody to answer to to say uh, I stole Melly Mel's rhyme and used it as my own. But somebody did come up to me and said, man, you heard that, man, message record. Ain't that your rhyme Melly Mel said on that? And I was like, nah, bro, that was never my rhyme. That was always Melly Mel's rhyme. That's how that rhyme, particularly the last rhyme, affected me. Because you had really never heard anybody say, now your manhood is took and you're a Maytag. It's been the next few years 
as an undercover fag, and I'm sorry if I don't want to offend anybody with the word fag, but I'm I'm saying what Melly Mel said. Spend the next few years as an undercover fag, being used and abused and served like hell. Used and abused and served like hell. To one day you were found hung dead in a cell. It was clear to see that your life was lost. You were cold and your body swung back and forth. And now your eyes sing a sad, sad song on how you lived so fast and died so young. That is a within itself an incredible record, but an incredible rhyme to close the record out. A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God's smiling on you and he's frowning too because only God knows what you'll go through. You grew up in the ghetto living second rate and your eyes will see assault, defeat, hate. The places you play and where you stay looks like one great big alleyway. You admire all the number book takers, thugs, pimps, and pushers, and the big money makers. Driving big cars, spending 20s and 10s, and you want to grow up to be just like them, huh? Smugglers, gamblers, burglars, scramblers, pickpocket peddlers, even panhandlers. You say I'm cool. I'm no fool till you wind up dropping out of high school. Now you're unemployed, all non-void, walking around like your pretty boy Floyd. Turn stick up, kid. Look what you got. Look what you done did. Got sent up for your eight-year bid. That's an incredible rhyme that paints a picture like you had never heard anybody paint a picture. All the other rhymes were cool. You know, my mom, hey, you know, all of that. No, son's doing bad, stole my mother's TV, says she watches too much. It's just not healthy. All my children in the daytime, Dallas at night. Reference to Dallas, the TV show, can't even see the game or the Sugar Ray fight. Bill collectors and ring my phone to scare my wife when I'm not home. Got a bum education, double-digit inflation. Can't take the train to the job. There's a strike at the station. Crazy. Neon King Kong standing on my back, can't stop to turn around, broke my sacroiliac, mid-range migraine, cancer, membrane. Sometimes I think I'm going insane. I swear I might hijack a train. That was straight what a lot of people in different areas of the country were going through. And that gave voice to everybody else that was an inspiring MC from Tupac to the Notorious to NWA to Ice Cube to Public Enemy, to MC Light, to Queen Latifah, to Naughty by Nature, to Eric B. and Rakim, to everybody that, to, to Mob Deep, like, I can't, I, the Nor, Capone and Noriega, I can't name everybody, to Kendrick Lamar, to, to J. Cole, to Rhapsody, to Drake, to Future, to Trap Music, to T.I., to Jeezy, Nobody was rapping reality rap. This is where this this is where this comes from. This is why there's all these great artists that were able to bear their soul because of that one record in 1982, arguably, arguably for what it did to shift in hip hop into a different direction, arguably the most important record in hip-hop history. It gave life to Run DMC. It gave life to so many different artists that I'm just sitting here talking, y'all, without a piece of paper in front of me 
that I wrote down everything and everybody that that record influenced. I did, I just didn't do it because I felt in my heart of heart and my soul of souls that I just wanted to talk about this record. And those guys get forgotten. Melly Mel gets forgotten. Melly Mel is never mentioned in the annals of great MCs, and he should be. We always want to sit back and talk about who's your top five. Somebody asks me that at least once every day. Hey, who's in your top five? And I always say you, I don't do that because you got to go by errors. You want to compare Jordan to, to, to LeBron, but it's two different eras of basketball. But then we forget about Kobe Bryant, and then you forget about how good Will Chamberlain was, and you forget about Oscar Robinson, and you forget about all of these other things, and how much do you, you know, do you put into, you know, um, championships when you talk to sports? How important is, is, is championships? Melly Mel is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, dog. Melly Mel is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The world of rock and roll and pop music in this entire world has recognized Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five for what they did. And particularly that song, The Message, and I think Duke Booty deserves some kind of credit, a hell of a credit, a thank you note or something. So if nobody else has ever said this to you, Duke Booty, Mr. Edward Fletcher, I want to say thank you for writing a message and Melly Mel for jumping on the message and for changing the trajectory of hip hop forever, because that one record is what gave hip hop its longevity to this day. That one record opened the door and said, you can say whatever you want to say in hip hop. There were other records that were important. And those records I will cover. I, the same way I covered Sucker MCs by Run DMC and what kind of impact that record had on music as a whole. Now I'm covering The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five written by Duke Booty, really Melly Mel and Duke Booty, or Duke Booty and Melly Mel, whichever way you want to shape it, and why that record was super incredibly important to hip hop and hip hop's trajectory as a music, as a music form, poetry, being taken seriously as an art form and really being recognized as an art, an art form for something else besides throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. You know, Something else besides me and Superman had a fight. Something else besides the dang, dang, diggity, dang, dang, and diggity. I'm so sweet. You cannot compete. You know, all of that cool, I'm the best MC that you ever did see. Ain't another MC in the world can touch me. When you heard the message, you was like, shit. You mean I could get on a record and say what I want to say? You mean I could get on a record and say anything that comes to mind? Do you mean I can really say fuck the police on the record? You mean I can really say six in the morning police at my door on a record? Do you mean I can really say Farrakhan's a prophet and I think you ought to listen to him on a record? Do you think I could, 
I could really say, who are you calling a bitch? Do you th- I mean, I could really say ladies first. I can, I can really say what I want to say. From, from Flash and the Furious Five, Melly Mel, Duke Booty, all the way down to our superstars, to the Migos today, to Travis Scott saying whatever he wants to say. You got to give all of that to outcasts saying what they want to say, to the goody mob saying, who's that looking in my window, pal? Nobody now being reality-based music all owes a debt of gratitude to one record, and that record is the message on Sugar Hill Records by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, but really by Duke Booty and Melly Mel, like I said before. Oh, a debt of gratitude to them gentlemen that made that record. Absolutely. Coming with another installment next week. Um, Was on vacation. That's why you ain't here from me last week in Jamaica. Had a great time. As always, Combat Jack is the overseer of this podcast, and I appreciate him and love him for getting me into the podcast game. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to hit me up um, on Instagram at EdLover, um, on Twitter at Mr. EdLover. Leave your comments. Let me know what you think. Somebody told me I need to um, cover public enemies, fight the power. I'll absolutely get to that. I'm definitely going to talk about a controversial figure in hip-hop, Africa Bambada, but I got to talk about Planet Rock, another super important record. Um, Children's Story, Slick Rick, another one. And if you have anything that you want to suggest, just hit me up, man. I'm always open to listen to you and your suggestions on what records you think are the most important records in hip-hop history and why I should talk about them. So I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you so much. Y'all keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I will talk to you, with you, at you, and about your ass next Monday. Believe that. And remember, when you're listening to uh, this podcast, all the views on this podcast are mine and mine alone. They doesn't necessarily represent Loudspeakers Network. But I represent Loudspeakers Network, and I represent my, myself, and these are my views and my views alone. Okay, God is good, man, and, and always remember that, and always remember that I give you the good shit and never the bullshit. Right here on Come On, Son, the podcast. I get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Y'all be good. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.